There are two questions that I get all the time from real estate investors. The first one is, how do I find deals or how do I find more deals? The second one is, how do I get funding for those deals? Well, I've got you covered. I've created a program that will help you find all the deals you could ever want and also how to fund all of those deals. It's called the Real Estate Find and Fund Blueprint. That's right, it's a blueprint that will teach you how to find those deals and how to get them all funded. If you go to findandfundblueprint.com, you can check out the details, you can get signed up. It's a four week program. I have designed it specifically to make sure that you leave that program with 100% confidence that you can find deals and get them all funded. It's by far the biggest problem that real estate investors have and they've always had this problem and I'm here to solve it for you. I wanna get right down into it. We're gonna get into the weeds and talk very, very specific about finding deals and getting them funded. Go check it out findandfundblueprint.com. I can't wait to see you. You can exit physically, but not financially. And that's what I did. Like, that's what exit without exit means. I've exited physically. I'm not involved, but I still have all the tax benefits and all the income as the business owner. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I've got a great guest for you. Uh, His name is Jason Duncan, and he is an entrepreneurial coach, uh, which means he teaches people how to be successful. How can he do that? Well, he's been successful himself. He interviews a lot of successful people. The guy knows his stuff, and I'm excited to bring this conversation to you. Uh, He works with entrepreneurs to build and scale and enjoy their business, right? Huge. Enjoy their business, not just be a slave do it. He has been named one of the top entrepreneurial companies in the country by Entrepreneur Magazine. He's a multi-award winning entrepreneur and founder of 12 different companies. And he also hosts the popular podcast, The Root of All Success. Guys, I had a lot of fun with this one and I cannot wait for you to dive in. Before I do, Don't forget, if you haven't went and checked out my business fast track blueprint, go and do that. Guys, I'm trying to help you in your journey. I'm trying to help you launch your real estate investing business the right way. I've done this. I've helped hundreds of people become successful entrepreneurs, and I want you to be next. Go check it out, businessfasttrackblueprint.com. I want to see you on the inside. All right, guys, without any further delay, I give you Jason Duncan. All right, Jason, thank you for being on Just Start Real Estate. I really appreciate this. It's a huge honor. Thank you. Well, the honor is mine, Mike. I am so happy to be here with you and your listeners. This is uh, this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this is great stuff. I, uh, you know, we talk a lot of real estate on this show, uh, but the fact of the matter is, and what I try to always tell my guests is that whether you're a real estate investor, you're an online marketer, whatever it is you do, you're an entrepreneur, right? You are just, you're an entrepreneur. That's the broader category. So I love bringing on folks like yourself who have tons of experience and talking to entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs become more profitable, more successful, not want to, you know, jump off a cliff because the, there's ups and downs, right? So I love having folks like you. And uh, I've done a lot of research. You are highly recommended by some common friends. And uh, I think this is going to be a really, really fun one. So thanks again. Well, I'm loving it. I'm lo- glad, so glad I'm here. Thank you. 
No problem. So I, I, they heard a little bit of, of your background by way of uh, like a, a short bio, but I really would like to dig in a little bit more and and let folks know who exactly you are, where do you come from, why are you doing this? I know your background, your early background wasn't entrepreneurial, so to speak. Um, so I'd love to hear what you did prior to to starting this journey, and then really, I'm always fascinated with that transition. Why did you do it? And what was that transition like? And, and how did that, you know, play out in your life? Well, I, uh, so I am what I call an accidental entrepreneur. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs are also like me, you know, they, they find themselves as entrepreneurs and they didn't really maybe plan on it, didn't understand it, didn't know what they were getting into, yep. but they did it anyway. And that's what, that's kind of my background. So I spent, I spent the first 13 years of my career, uh, like right out of high school, through college, into adulthood in pastoral ministry. I actually got a degree in Bible, biblical studies. I did youth ministry and preaching ministry, and um, I traveled all over you know, the United States doing that and, and, and really enjoyed it for a while. Now, I was bivocational, and what that means is I had another job, like I had to make money. So I was selling <laughs> health and life insurance to kind of supplement my income, but I was selling to small business owners. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of maybe the first uh, moment where I got to thinking about there's life outside the W-2. It's like there's some other thing that you can do besides just being a W-2 employee. Yeah. So I did that for 13 years and got completely burnout, tired of the machine of religion and and did not lose my faith, which is, I'm happy to say, a lot of people that do what I did uh, and end up losing their faith, but I didn't lose my faith. I just thought I got to do something where I can actually make a real difference. And I went back to school, got a master's in education, started teaching school. Hmm. and found my superpower in teaching. Like, I loved teaching. I was really good at it. I was the highest rated teacher in the county. Like, I was really, really good. But the uh, Great Recession kind of took my job away. So the Great Recession came in, and they had to cut teachers. And I was, even though I was number one teacher, I didn't have tenure, and I was the last guy hired in the building. Hmm. And that's how I became an accidental entrepreneur. Because at that time, that was 2010, 2011. I didn't, there was no place that would hire me to teach. Nobody was hiring teachers. And uh, I didn't want to just go get a job. So I thought, well, what do I know how to do? I know how to sell. So I started selling and I started a company called Energy Lighting Services. And that company went on to become a multi-million dollar company. Inc. Magazine recognized twice as one of the fastest growing pro- privately held wow. companies in the country. Wow. Uh, Entrepreneur Magazine recognized this as one of the top entrepreneurial companies in the country. Multiple small business of the year awards, all accidentally. Like it started accidentally. But that's how I got my start as an entrepreneur. Let, now, me, let me ask you something real quick. Let me jump in for a second. First of all, what did that company do exactly? It was lighting, obviously, but what did you guys do? So Energy Lighting Services started doing anything related to energy efficiency for commercial buildings, okay. which would include more than lighting. But ultimately, we isolated it down to lighting because we knew that that was our good niche. We knew what we were doing, and okay. we just replaced lighting systems with LED lighting systems in commercial buildings all over the country. All right. Let me from a guy who has a degree in Bible and then went back to become a teacher and sold insurance, what in the world did you know about that industry before you started it? Zero. Why? Why? Why that industry then? Why did you go into that? Well, you know, like everything else, you're always looking for opportunity, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, what are people looking for? They're looking for opportunity, and and I had just come across my desk. I thought, well, there's an opportunity here in LED lighting. I didn't really know anything about it, and I thought 
the way it works, you know, you put in this light and it's, it's 90% more efficient than that light, which means you save 90% of the electricity. Yeah. I could sell that. And so that's <laughs> yeah. what I started doing, started pitching that and, and it worked out tremendously well. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Sorry to stop you there. I just was very, I'm very fascinated with people who start businesses and in industries they know nothing about and then have great success. I mean, that says an awful lot, right? It almost sounds like theoretically I could plunk you into any industry and say, just figure it out and go. And with the skill set that you have, you could probably do that, right? Because you knew nothing about this industry before you started. Well, I think I think there are limits to that, but I think that I think the main thing is and this kind of goes to one of my central coaching points that I work my clients through on the five keys or the five P's of success as I've labeled them with P's because I'm an old pastor and you have to do alliteration on everything. Everything <laughs> starts in the same letter, right? But on but but preparation is the fourth P and that that really means you have to be prepared for it. You can't I I love I love that you said hey you could take me and plot me down anywhere and I'd succeed, but that's not technically true because I, I would need to be prepared for it. And so my preparation to get energy lighting services off the ground and, and be successful, um, certainly there's more than more to it than this, but my preparation was I knew how to sell and I had been yeah. selling to small business owners for a long time. And I understood the game, like how they thought, how does a business owner think through the decision-making process? And I knew as most business owners who are listening to your podcast know is that money at the end of the day is why we're doing what we do. Now we can mm -hmm. say it's about impact and about changing the world. And those are ancillary things, I think. But at the end of the day, we wouldn't do it if it only changed the world and we didn't make any money. Yeah. Like we've got to make money. So if you can figure out how to save people money or make them money so that they can go change the world, yeah. that's what they're interested in listening to. So I was prepared for that. I had many years of experience selling insurance to those people and I knew how to do that. Okay. So how and when, and I think I, this is true, but how and when did the, the, um, that company, the, the lighting or the, uh, the energy re company that you had, how did that wind down and why did it wind down? Well, still going strong okay. today. Okay. Still kill. It's still killing it. And uh, what I do now is I I coach and consult people how to do what I did. Okay. I learned how to exit without exiting. So if yeah. you look up the hashtag exit without exiting, you'll find a lot of stuff about me because that's what I teach people to do through my coaching platform and and my uh, online university. So what what I did in in the really short story is. I had I had a business partner who was with me early on through that business. Okay. I was the founder of the company and I invited him to come in and help. And for the first few years, everything is fantastic. The sec the second couple of years after those first few years were like, well, this is not exactly the right thing. And then eventually I was like, this is not working. I am the slave to the business, like a lot of business owners are. Mm -hmm. I'm working my tail off every single day, coming in the office. I'm doing I'm the number one sales guy. I'm the number one innovator. I'm the number one, like that's what entrepreneurs do yeah. to their detriment, but that's yeah. what I was doing. And we were making a lot of money. Things were going well. We were being recognized in major magazines, but I wasn't living the ideal life that I thought entrepreneurialism would provide me. Yeah. And so I made a decision. Now, of course, we had the partner issue was a whole separate thing. I had to I had to dissolve the partnership and I carried the business on. But once I had full control of the company, well, I always had control. That was the irony of it. I, I didn't I didn't exercise it. But once I had full control and ownership of the company, I asked myself, is this the ideal life I want to live working in this business every day? And the answer to that was absolutely not. I had fantastic team members. I had great customers, great vendors. Everything was perfect, but it wasn't what God made me to do. It wasn't the thing I wanted. It wasn't the ideal life. Yeah. And so I started working on how do I get out of the day-to-day -day without selling it? Because I could sell it. I had people calling me all the time. Can we buy your company? 
And it, that's flattering the first dozen times that happens. And then afterwards, it's like, they're just salespeople. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, that's yeah. all they are is salespeople. They're just <laughs> fishing for deals. But, but I said, well, I, I think, I think my team deserves to be able to run this or, or, you know, how can I exit it? So I ultimately, and, and it actually my final exit as CEO was during COVID. I, I was able to make that happen, even in spite of a worldwide pandemic and all the shutdowns and all the crap that the government did to us and all the things that were going bad. Yeah. We, I was still able to execute my plan and live my ideal life now, which is teaching people, entrepreneurs specifically, how to get the results they truly want out of life by exiting their company without having to sell it. You don't have to sell it to a third party. And I love what you said. We and I were talking pre-show about how most entrepreneurs in the real estate market it's all about passive income. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I told you you could own a brick and mortar store or you could own an online technology store or you could own anything and you could also receive passive income from it? You know, pass and, and this is the cool thing I learned through this process is that my CPA was telling me passive income qualification for tax purposes in real estate can also apply to brick and mortar businesses and other things if done correctly. And I'm no really? CPA and I can't okay. give tax advice. But that's what I'm doing now. I have eight companies that I own, only one company in my tax as active income. So for this lighting company, are you still the majority owner or do you kind of give away ownership or sell ownership to the employees? Is it like an employee owned company with you being a minority owner? How does that, and you don't have to get deep into the weeds. I'm just, I'm more curious from a high end, like are you still 51 or more percent owner of this company? I am 99% owner. My wife is one. So okay. the ownership didn't change. Okay. Okay. So right now the plan, and there's a, certainly Mike, a lot of details we could dive sure, into, yeah, but, yeah. but the plan right now, as it stands today, I still own the company hundred percent. I'm the president of the company, but I hired another CEO and my executive leadership team runs day-to-day operations. I come into the office once a month for a team meeting yep. and a, and a company luncheon and I, you know, all the employees know who I am. I pray nice. for my employees by name every day. So my CEO has to tell me who we hired, who we fired. Like I need to know who's going on so I can make sure I'm praying yes. for the right people. But <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm involved, but very 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 little. Like I'm involved only from a what do I want to do yeah. rather than what do I have to do. No, I love it, and and honestly, this is a great conversation because. I work with a lot of really successful real estate investors and and a lot of people I know, there's a book called Traction, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, Gino Wickman, where he talks about like the CEO and the integrator or the visionary and the integrator kind of role where, you know, and then there's the other variation where you have like, the, he calls it the owner's box, which is kind of what I would say you're in. You're sitting in the owner's box. You have you have a pulse and you have involvement to the point that you want, but there's folks that are running your company from a CEO, CEO, COO level where you have uh, operations are being handled and somebody's kind of overseeing the whole thing. I love that, man. And I think it's sort of, you know, I love the exiting without uh, the exit without exiting strategy because you're right. You do maintain ownership. You can be involved if you want or need to, or if the if the if the team needs that. But you have the day to day stuff covered. Somebody's somebody's handling that, and I think that's right. brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Well, most entrepreneurs don't even know that's an option. Yeah. I didn't know it was an option. Uh, and and a lot of times when people come across come across my concept of exit without exiting, that's the first thing they see. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And then they think about it. Well, okay. So, so I can exit without exiting. Like I don't have to leave. So I teach in my results university. One of the courses I have in results university is called the complete startup guide for entrepreneurs. 
And one of the lessons in there is about how to design your business yeah. so that you don't have to be in it every day. And there's two ways, well, three, really three ways that you can exit. You can exit totally, which means physically and financially, you're hundred percent removed. Somebody wrote you a check and they kicked you out. You got fired and got a check and you're done, right? Yeah. That's the total exit that most people think when they think the word exit. Yeah. But then there's other two ways you can exit physically, but not financially. And that's what I did. Like, that's what exit without exit means. I've exited physically. I'm not involved, but I still have all the tax benefits and all the income as the business owner. And then the third way is probably the worst way to exit. And that is the exit financially, but not physically. Like somebody writes you a check and they require you to stay. Yeah. And that's called an earn out. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm in a five year earn out. So you became an employee like that's got to be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. So anyway, I, so this exit without exiting fits that center most um, most desirable thing. Like if you own a business that's doing a million to $10 million, I can show you how to exit that business without exiting. I, that's what I do because I did it. Yeah. And not only did I do it, I had a partner that I had to deal with. I had leadership team that was that, that was fantastic that I had to build and get them ready for it. Yeah. And now that's what I do for people all over the world. Dude, I love that. And you're right. I think what you're teaching of the three is the least known of the three. I think people are understand the earnout and they understand the buyout where you just go get out of here. But my 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 question to you, and it's it's a little bit rhetorical because I think I know the answer, but you were integral to your company. You were working your butt off, slave to the business. You were the number one salesperson. It sounds like you were in the moment, you at that moment, you were sort of irreplaceable and you probably had to bring other people up and train other. Like, in other words, if you were going to tell someone from the start, like they're maybe they're a million dollar company and they're growing everything, I would assume you would tell people, do not make yourself a keystone because it's very difficult to exit in any level a company where you are everything to that company, right? Like I, I've read, uh, I think it's called Built to Sell or something, where they're like, if you do everything as the owner and the company crumbles without you, you can't exit that company. It's not possible, That's right. right? So so talk about how to, maybe the philosophy, maybe not the tactics, but the philosophy behind not making yourself so indispensable to a company that you plan on exiting. Well, Mike, you're exactly right. If an employee wants job security, he or she must become indispensable. Like you have to have that employee. And I have lots of indispensable employees, right? They are indispensable to my companies that I own and operate. They have, they, I need them. But as an entrepreneur, your job is to be dispensable. Yeah. Like you should not be the hero of your business. And I call it the hero syndrome. Lots of entrepreneurs start a business and they become the hero. They're the guy at the cash register if it's a brick and mortar retail shop. They're the they're the mechanic who knows more about operating, you know, fixing the cars, or they're the guy who cuts the trees down in the tree services, or they're the chief real estate salesperson. Whatever it is, the hero of the business is indispensable. Yeah. And at first, you are the hero and you're going to be the hero. You have to be for a while. Otherwise, you can't build the business. You can't exit it without entering it. <laughs> like you got to enter the business <laughs> exactly. first. But yeah. I think the hero syndrome is what most entrepreneurs, that they puff up and they get pride about it. But in the reality, when they get home after their 70-hour work week and they think about their life, <laughs> yeah. Who cares, man? Who cares yeah. if you're the best cash register, the best salesperson, the best yeah. technology guy? It doesn't matter. You didn't start that business to give yourself a job. 
Yep. You started the business to live your ideal life and to make an impact in the world, whether totally. it's digging wells in Africa or feeding the homeless and, and, and the, you know, the India or whatever, like you want to make an impact. Well, being the hero of your business prevents you from making impact. So the theories behind this start, there's four steps that I do in my kind of uh, pro coaching programs. The first step is something I teach margin theory. It's margin theory. And without getting into, we, we could go into, I could teach an hour on this, but the margin theory is essentially this theory states that your ability to be successful lies in the margin. And if you have no margin, you are not successful. I don't care if you make a million or $2 million a year, by definition, that can't be successful if there is no margin because margin right. is where success happens. And there's yep. a lot of nuances to that. And there's ways that I teach my, my clients to kind of go through that. But then the second part, the second step, the theory is something called the law of open cycles. And most people would be surprised to know that stress in the human condition is not caused by the endurance of stressful situations. It's caused by too many open cycles at once. Hmm. And so I teach what an open cycle is and how you manage those open cycles. I just spent, for, as a matter of fact, all day, entire day yesterday with my, my team here at my home office. And I've got a bonus room with a white, big eight foot long whiteboard. And we did an open cycles inventory. We did, it took us all day. Can you just everybody's open cycles. define what an open cycle is? is open cycle. Yeah. An open cycle is any task, anything that requires a start, a change and a stop. So a text message, like I got my phone on silent in front of me and I see that there are text messages. That's an open cycle, right? Cause something, somebody started something, there's a change in the middle and I, I have to reply. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody calls and asks to borrow money, that's an open cycle. Uh, the, all the emails I haven't checked are open cycles. The project uh, proposal I've got to send out to a client is an open cycle. E everything you have to do is an open cycle. Good Lord. So part of being prepared to exit is understanding that law and how you manage your stress. So if you don't, like, like if you just get a great team around you and you think they're going to handle it, but you haven't taught them margin theory and law of open cycles, they're also going to operate as the heroes and ultimately, that's going to be the downfall of your business. So those are the two theoretical kind of points. The last two, there's four points. The last two are more tactical, but those are okay. the two theory ones. All right. So first of all, I've never heard anyone talk about the open cycle, the law of open cycles. And I felt like I just had a mini you know, epiphany or breakthrough in my own head hearing that because I think you're absolutely right. People have... You know, I, I like. I think maybe another way that, I, at least in my brain, I connect. It's like loose ends. How many loose ends are happening in your in your life, or what? What do you have going on that you have to resolve? And you're right. I think most entrepreneurs. And by the way, I think most entrepreneurs operate with a, just a ton of open cycles. But <clears throat> have you found? And I, maybe this is a really bad question, but I'm gonna ask it anyways because I'm curious. Have you found that there's a certain range of open cycles that is reasonable for a human being or is it completely just dependent on the person? No, it's completely different. I think about it like, think about it like this. Um, like I've got a, I've got a book here. Let me, let me grab a book. Um, so this is a small book, exactly what to say by Phil Jones. Uh, it's a neat book. I'm not promoting this book. It is a neat book, but like every page is a single open cycle in your life. So if you, every task that you have, is a single open cycle. One task may be buy milk. Right. All right. That's easy. No stress. One task may, for somebody, may be decide whether to pull my grandmother off life support. Right. Those are both single open cycles. One is immensely more important mm -hmm. than the other one, but they still are on one page. Okay. Now, the thing is, what I teach is that 
the number of open cycles is a single page. So your book can be thin. Your book can be thick. The thicker your book, the thicker your book, the more stressed you are. Yeah. So is there a perfect number? No, because if only the only thing you have is the deal with your grandmother, like that's that's tremendously stressful in by itself. But if that's the only thing you had to deal with, you can handle that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can handle any of us as humans can handle one task at a time. The problem is we don't know when to close those stupid open cycles. We leave too many things open. I mean, I've taught yeah. it so long to my employees at my companies and my family, uh, my, my wife and kids. Like we all know the theory and the, and the idea and the vocabulary. So when something happens and they say, hey, Jason, can you do fill in the blank? And I will say, no, I can't take another open cycle right now. And I just shut it down. I don't even let that into my book. Like it yeah. can't come in. I don't let it. So managing those as an entrepreneur is really, really important for yeah. you and for your employees. And once they understand that, the stress level of the business goes way down and the success goes up. Okay. That makes total sense. You touched on momentarily uh, the five Ps. Can we talk about those real quick? Because I'm interested. I'm intrigued. The five indisputable keys to entrepreneurial success. I want to, I'd, I'd love to dive into those because I'm so, I'm so impressed with your uh, margin theory and open cycles. Now I'm really excited to get into this. Well, so the, I'll tell you where this came from, Mike, is that um, uh, honestly, I'm a, I'm a member, I'm a member at a club here in Nashville called the standard club. And if anybody ever comes to Nashville, look me up, we need to get together. It's a great cigar bar, great restaurant. Great. They, they got great, Everything about it is fantastic, but it's a private club. It's actually where I host my podcast, The Root of All Success. But as I've been a member of that club for the last six or so years, I'm rubbing elbows with some amazingly successful people because not any Joe can just get into that club. Like it's it's successful leaders in the Nashville, the Nashville region. And I'm lucky enough to be a member of that club. And as such, I understand that I can learn a lot from these guys. Yeah. So when I'm sitting around smoking a cigar, drinking a glass of bourbon, whatever, having dinner, whatever it is, I just made it my kind of MO that I'm the inquisitive guy. Tell me how you got started. Yeah. Kind of like, and, I, and I'll run a podcast where I do the same thing, but, yeah. I, but I do it professionally. So right. how'd you get started? What'd you do? And what I found in those stories were the same five things showed up in everybody's stories, whether they called it that or not. Like yeah. I just started to see this theme. And so I thought, okay, now that I see the theme, what if I started preempting it by asking questions about these things? I bet I could get to those stories quicker. Yeah. And sure enough, man. So I started asking, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what they are in just a minute, but I started asking about these five things and every single time without fail, they all show up every time. Now, Certainly, there's always going to be the one uh, person who goes, well, my other key to success was this, but I yeah. promise you I can float it into one of those other things, one of those categories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they are, and and actually, my whole podcast is based on that premise. I interview super successful entrepreneurs, and I talk about their story, and I pull out these five things. But the first is passion. It's like most people think passion is just emotion. What are you happy and joyful about and want to get up and conquer the world for? Yeah. That's great, but that's not a definite indicator of success. My example is the was the one that I would point out. I was never excited about energy lighting services in terms of what we did and what we sold. Yeah, but my passion is was the mental side. The mental side of passion is actually where the word passion comes from. It means willing to endure. Like the passion of the Christ mm. was not about him being excited and joyful about going to the cross and being right. crucified. Right. It was about he's willing to endure for a greater cause. When I started my company, I had passion, not in lights 
but passion to take care of my family, passion to take care of my employees, passion to do the right thing. So true. That's the primary and number one key indicator to success. You find an entrepreneur or a real estate entrepreneur, just like what you talk about all the time, who's not willing to endure, like willing to suffer, they're never, ever going to be successful. And I don't yep. care how much they like the thing that they're doing. Yep. They're not willing to suffer for it. It's not going to work. That's number one. Number two is being the right place at the right time. And we've heard these stories so many times. It's like a no duh moment. Being yep. the right place at the right time. Where were you when this thing happened? Uh, and then the third is right people, knowing the right people. And I think all all successful people can point back and go, that guy, that girl, that person, would I would never be here without him or her. Mm-hmm. And I even tell stories and I've got so many, I've collected so many stories over the years about how these stories happen. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Like there's nobody knows who Ivan Vaughn is today, but he's the guy, he's the guy who introduced Paul McCartney to John Lennon. Like had Ivan Vaughn not existed, Beatles doesn't, doesn't happen. Right. So there's the knowing the right people is a key to success. And then the fourth, which I already indicated is preparation. You got to have a know-how. And the fifth is plan. Like what's your plan, not business plan, but what's your plan to get financial resources? Yeah. Because that plan is more important than a written business plan. So everything, every time I talk to a successful entrepreneur, just like you, Mike, I, those five things come out. They scream to me because I'm looking for it, but yeah. most people don't think about it. But when I start pulling out, I had, a, I had a guest on my show just two weeks ago who broke down crying because I I said, man, if your mom hadn't moved to Queens, you we wouldn't know each other and you wouldn't be who you are today. And he was like, whoa, like it, it wrecked him because he had never thought about that. Yeah. So those five things are the things I teach about the five indisputable keys to success. And the cool thing is, is that every person can use those keys to unlock success. You just got to apply them. Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, a few times now, and I want to underscore this uh, real quick, uh, the Results University. So resultsuniversity.org is your online platform where you teach a lot of this stuff. You teach people uh, the, this entrepreneurial path. You want to talk a little bit more like specifically about what they find when they when they go to that site? What is it that they see? Yeah, so Results University um, was kind of my, you know, I hired a coach, just like I think everybody should hire a coach and I hired a coach. And I said, Mitch, his name is Mitch Russo. And I said, Mitch, like I, I have all this content, this data, this information, this knowledge and my experience of going through this. How do I push that out in the world? And of course, like you could speak, you could write books, you could do online stuff, whatever. Yep. And for me, the results university was one of the outcroppings of that. It was like, how do I get this content out to as many people as possible? So I started creating courses. I've created 43 different courses on everything about entrepreneurialism, leadership, sales, financial literacy. I even do courses on spirituality and faith, but I do them one at a time. It's not like a smorgasbord. You can go and pick anything because I want my students to be focused on the one thing at a time. Right. Because I think focus is follow one course until successful. That's what focus means. So you need to follow one course until you're successful. And so the fir- the course that's out right now, it's called the Complete Startup Guide for Entrepreneurs. And it's everything you need to know to go from startup to success in six months or less. And it's 11 lessons, uh, 11 videos, 10 downloadable PDF documents that are specifically designed to take someone from I have an idea. I want to launch it. Like, how do I get an LLC? How do I get a, how do I file a partnership agreement? And by the way, I know what not to do. Like <laughs> I, I teach all these things all in that course and it's self-guided. And then on top of that, once you buy the course and the course is only $497. So it's cheap. Anybody that's an entry point that anybody can afford. If you can't afford that, you might want to second guess your entrepreneurial 
uh, venture. Yeah. But like, that's the one that you can do that. And then on top of that, if you want to join results university as a student, you can get in for as little as a, uh, you know, a hundred bucks a month or 50, I, I forget what, it, I forget what our specials are. We run specials all the time, but like a yeah. hundred bucks a month and you get access to three live trainings with me per month and other experts that I bring in. So I, nice. one of those is I do kind of like what we're doing today. I bring on a, almost like do a podcast in front of the students. Okay. I bring in an entrepreneur master, you know, some on something like today's show this afternoon that I don't know, it won't be this afternoon because this will air later. But what I'm actually preparing for today is I've got a guy coming in who's going to show us the number one ways to maximize LinkedIn as an entrepreneur. And so that's one of the things I do. So as a results university student, you get access to those types of trainings. Nice. I love that, man. And, you know, people, you know, they get into whatever industry they're in, if it's real estate, right? Oh, I want to flip houses. And they just like, all they focus on is like, how do you flip a house? But they don't think about what it takes to become an entrepreneur, right? Because that's what we are. We're entrepreneurs, whether we're house flippers or not. So what, what what I see ends up happening is people get into this, they get onto this hamster wheel where they're just like chasing deals and they're like not really, they're not really organizing their business in a very professional way. And I, I call it like the popsicle stand, right? Or the lemonade stand. They create a lemonade stand at the end of their driveway and they wonder why they can't scale up. They wonder why there's not enough time in the day. They wonder why, you know, they never thought to form that LLC and now someone's suing them. And they're like, wait, I didn't really, under, I don't understand. And, and they do all these things and they kind of, they ignore how to be an entrepreneur in the pursuit of literally just, just making money, which is the, it's the point you, you illustrated that earlier. It is the point. It is the point, but there's a, there's a whole uh, lot of things that go into having a successful business, being a successful entrepreneur, but more importantly, being happy because we can all go work a nine to five job and be sort of miserable and stuck in this rut. But some people sort of create that environment, but worse in their own life with their own business. And they're calling themselves an entrepreneur, but they're an employee to themselves and there's unlimited hours and you can't like, you know, you can't just go on two weeks vacation or what, you know what I mean? So I think that, that training people, teaching people and really educating people on how to be a successful entrepreneur is super agnostic, right? It's cl- it's cross platform. It's it just doesn't matter what industry you're in, you need that. So, I think that that's totally cool, man. And the fact that you've created what you said 43 courses uh in that in that framework is absolutely amazing. You also mentioned um uh, your podcast The Root of All Success, guys. I have checked this out. I do vet people that are going to be on my show. I try to understand what they're about and and see the quality of what they do, and I can say it's a top-notch uh, podcast. You do a great job. Uh, you also have a YouTube channel. I know that that I, I think that's where you broadcast the video of it. Um, it. Just a great, great podcast with super good content. I, I've went through and checked out and listened to some of the episodes, so I can't recommend it highly enough. You guys right now listening are podcast listeners, so go check it out. The Root of All Success. It's very simple. Go to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen, and just go and uh, subscribe. And by the way, uh, you didn't ask me to say this, Jason, but uh, subscribe number one and give them a rating and review rating and review for podcasters is currency right so you don't have to send them 10 bucks but rate and review the podcast and subscribe that that means more than anything to podcasters so uh man this has been a ton of fun i i've just i've gotten some great aha stuff i i had some concept of what we were going to talk about 
Uh, but some of these um, things that, that you laid out for us were really eye-opening for me. And I've been I've been an entrepreneur for you know going on 15 years now, and uh, and I've never thought about it in the way that you articulated it. So thank you. It's clear to me uh, that you have a real understanding of what you're talking about. It's not just you know five Ps you threw down because they all look kind of cool and you just went with it. Like I can tell this is stuff you're living and you you believe it and you've seen it and you're experience you experienced it. So. Um, Man, thanks a lot. This has been a blast for me. Well, Mike, you're you're so kind. Thank you for that. And I appreciate the promotion of the podcast. We us podcasters got to stick together. <laughs> That's so, right. That's yeah. right. And if, I will say this to your listeners: you know, whether or not you like my episode, go rate his episode, his podcast with a five star because <laughs> it really does make a difference. It pushes yeah. it to the closer to the top, more people hear it, and he can make the impact that he wants. So, absolutely. Thank you, Mike. This has been an honor. I love telling the story, and I love I love it when people are genuinely interested. And I thank you for being genuinely interested. Hundred percent. Thank you. And again results uh resultsuniversity.org and root of all success we'll have it in the show notes guys so if you're driving you're on a treadmill don't don't stop it'll be there go check it out and uh i highly suggest you get into uh into jason's world because he's a smart guy and with a lot to offer so again thank you man for your time i really appreciate it and i can't wait to catch up with you down the road and see how things are going thank you mike all right. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking to Jason. That law of open cycles thing, uh, that was huge for me. Uh, I, I think it, using the analogy that he used on the show about the book and how thick the book is and every page is an open cycle. My book is way too thick most of the time, and that's stressful. So I have to work on that, but I did love that. Uh, just a fun conversation with a guy who knows what he's talking about. Clearly, clearly has the ability to help entrepreneurs be successful. So I hope you enjoyed that. You guys, you should go and check out uh, everything we talked about. Get into his world. Uh, Go check out his podcast because I can tell you, I interview a lot of people and he knows what he's talking about. I I like the guy a lot. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. But listen, it all starts with getting out there. Go out there, make some waves, start doing something, right? It's hard to improve upon a business that you haven't started yet. And to Jason's point that he made, you have to be in your business to exit it. So go get your business started, get in the business, become the hero of your business, and so then you can eventually step out and let it run for you and reduce the stress and everything that Jason talks about. But it all starts with getting started. You can't do anything on your couch, guys. Well, at least you can't start on your couch for the most part. So get out there and get after it. Start your business. Be successful. Learn how to exit it and lower your stress. It's all possible but you got to start. So get out there and get started. All right, we'll talk to you next time.